This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Hello and welcome to another episode of Investing with IBD. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host. And today we're going to be talking about charts and how to learn how to read them. It's one of those things. It might take just a few minutes to kind of get the idea of what's happening with a chart, but it really takes a lifetime to master and uh, help us along with that. Of course, as he does every week, Arusha Pires is going to be joining us. He is an O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. Uh, how are you doing, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin, and yeah, it's it's gonna probably take a, a little bit more than a, a few minutes to, yeah, to master. more than a few minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. You're you're not gonna read How to Make Money in Stocks by Bill O'Neill and look at those first hundred charts in the first chapter and say, "Oh, I got this." You know, exactly. <laughs> no problem. Um, well, and it's January seventeenth, twenty twenty four, and uh, we're actually taping this during uh, market hours. We had to kind of shift our schedule around a little bit, so. Uh, we're we're going to try not to be too distracted about what's continuing to go on on the market. And uh, also to kind of help us keep focused and not distracted is going to be Arnie Gutierrez, who's joining us today uh, as our special guest. So Arnie, he's a IBD senior premium product coach. Uh, gosh, Arnie, how long have you been working it? Uh, yeah, I'm, out going on, I'm going on 20 years now. You're going on 20 it, years. It, he's it, been it, around uh, for a while. It's been a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. 20 years. I grew up here. So asked your first job out of college and, uh, you know, not looking back, love the market, love the charts. Uh, yeah, it's been good to me. Yeah, so we're going to get a lot of the insights. I, I mean, of course, Arnie has, um, you know, I mean, he's been there since we had, you know, daily graphs before Market Smith. It was daily graphs, and you had the books that were getting out. Uh, you, you were actually putting the labels, <laughs> putting the address my labels. First, my on first job, I'd write the labels, <laughs> and I hated it. I was like, FedEx labels, UPS labels, and then we have to have everything worse. But I remember the blue yeah. and the green book. And of course, you've uh, seen that transition go from you know the the daily graphs product to daily graphs online to now the market smith and all of the tools that got added along the way. And of course, you've been talking with subscribers along the way. So we're going to get into a lot of that in our second segment. What he's learned during his uh, oh gosh two decades here now uh, with with IBD uh, and 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 daily graphs market smith. You know, name name your company or iteration of it. Um, but before we get into that, let's get a little bit into the market and just kind of get our you know, get our bearings a little bit. And, uh, you know, we can start with the NASDAQ. And of course, you know, just to kind of catch everybody up, we kind of had a nice rally that started November 1st, you know, with the follow through day, uh, really great, you know, start there, uh, strong November, uh, a decent December, uh, January, first of the year started and, and things kind of pulled back pretty sharply. But then it seemed like things were rebounding. But Maybe it's uh you know don't don't count your chickens before they hatch type situation. So what's what's your take right now, Arnie? Given uh, given where we're at, you know I think we're going through a pullback. You know it's uh, I would love to use the word profit taking. I think we've already hit that phase profit taking. Just you know what we're doing is probably seeing a lot of rebalancing, a lot of different portfolios out there. Uh, so first couple of weeks of January gets a little fidgety. Uh, volatility is going to be here, and we also in the presidential uh, year. So uh, in my years here. I always know that January is going to be a little funky. Be cautious, be patient, give it a little bit more room. Um, but looking at the NASDAQ today, I will be looking at the 21 day and, and the 50 day moving is creeping up, sloping up with it as well. So will I be surprised that it pulls back to the 50 day? Absolutely not. Not in this type of environment. 
Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everything still looks strong, though. A lot of the leaders are acting right, though. That's what's getting mm-hmm. a lot of the big cap stocks, NVIDIA, AMD. You know, you got these big companies, these tech companies looking very, very solid. Uh, so when you start seeing that, you know, it, 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 it's a positive sign. You know, and Bill talks about it, how to make money in stocks. It's when you start seeing the smaller cap, mid cap stock taking the lead. That's when it's a sign of concern. Uh, but uh, everything's everything's looking good. Uh, consolidations are taking place. Um, you know, are you is the IWM is mm-hmm. pulling back and finding support uh, at, at the 50-day, which I expect, uh, and I'm assuming that has to do with a lot with uh, earnings expectations. Are the Fed going to cut? Uh, you got a lot of these small companies that really rely on that. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation out there, but uh, I mean, none of the rules have been broken because I am looking at the 50-day moving average, uh, with especially with the indices to see how I react uh, as far as how aggressive I want to get. But I also look at the 21-day to gauge uh, the momentum uh, uh, of the indices as well. So Arnie, with the with this uh, pullback or this consolidation that we're seeing in the market right now, how are you uh, preparing and planning during this uh, consolidation? I'm looking at my watch list, right? I have a watch list really set to go. And then I'm looking at my portfolio. I want to see how my portfolio reacts to this the, the next couple of weeks, but I'm not going to make a big decision on anything. I may take a little bit off, just, you know, manage my risk uh, and, and see how everything reacts. But um, there's some leaders looking really good right now. Um, I'm, I'm giving my, my leaders space. I've earned the right, and I tell myself that I've earned the right to give them a little bit of space, like the NVIDIAs out there, the AMDs, the DDOGs, uh, and so forth. So when you start looking at this, um, uh, Abercrombie and Finch, ANF has been one of my biggest lead, uh, leaders as well. Um, I, I'm going to take a, a seat back and, and, and see what's taking place. But uh, again, there's going to be a lot of space. I think we're still in the beginning of something that could be very, very big. I don't like using the word bullish or bearish or anything like that. I think the trend is very strong here, and the leadership is telling me that right now. Yeah. So you know, you you, you mentioned Abercrombie and Fitch right here. Um, it, 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 have you? Is there anything fundamental or story wise that you notice? I know you, you, with your with your daughters. Have you heard from her? Yeah. Are, are you wearing the jeans? Yeah. Are you wearing the jeans? Because I'm, I'm just trying like to this. this style too. It's like it's gone on this 20. unbelievable run, and I know the Hollister brand has been doing pretty well. But it's been hard to kind of wrap my head around why this one is acting like a tech stock. Uh, we had the retail report come out today. It's booming, uh, right? The, the retail report came out very, very strong, uh, more than expected. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, as far as me 20 years ago, when I first started at O'Neill, could I fit into Abercrombie Fitch and pants? Absolutely not. You know, <laughs> getting tight jeans, it's not my style, right? Uh, but nowadays, I, you know, I talk to my wife, and uh, it, it's funny. This kept coming out of my screen. I'm like, Abercrombie and Fitch, their estimates are humongous, mm-hmm. right? The fundamentals look good, but um, their story behind how they evolved. You know, to be a lot more inclusive to different size, size of individuals like myself or like my wife or anyone else. Right. So it just wasn't said to that one person because right in the beginning, remember, Amber Confitch were always like showing those guys with the six back, True, perfect yeah. shape. That, mm-hmm. Who is that? Right. Like probably Justin back when we did level two looking all sharp and everything like that. But no, uh, no I think you had to go further back than that. That, that. that was back in my swimming days. Right. You know. <laughs> Uh, um, no, so you know, I talked to my wife, and, and she starts saying, "Yeah, these jeans are comfortable." You know, it's funny. Allie and I did. Uh, Allie, our uh, host for uh, IBD Live and Bears Live, uh, came out on the screen, and I got all excited because 
I've I had this stock and, and I like the way it was trading. It's a retail, and we both know that retail and tech is where the money's really made in a in a really strong market. And I took a chance with it and I got confirmation from the wife that this was a strong brand. This was they were doing some good stuff and they revamped themselves. And uh, look at it. It's been hugging uh, that if you go to the daily charts, been hugging that 21 day moving average. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's never every time it touches that 21 day, which is a rule of mine. If it keeps touching it, you can either add to that position. But look at that textbook. Boom. Boom, 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 keeps going up. Uh, but yeah, the story behind it uh, was what kept me going. And uh, obviously, when you're my, your wife's in your ear and you're telling how great this product is, I'm, I'm going to go with it as well. Mm -hmm. Getting back to the market a little bit, um, let, let's let's talk a little bit about breadth because you mentioned how many of those big cap leaders you you mentioned Nvidia. Uh, you mentioned how a lot of them are still doing well; they're holding up. Really, no problems to see here. But when you look at like the GMIAA on MarketSmith, which is the NYSE Advanced Decline Line, or the GMIAB, which is the NASDAQ, uh, shows the NASDAQ Advanced Decline Line. I mean, when we had that November follow through day, uh, we all of a sudden had the breadth improving. It was trending above the 10 day moving average line. That's the pink line that Arush is pointing out on the charts. And, you know, for those of you that want to watch the video, you can always do that at investors.com slash podcast or find us on YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel. But, um, you know, trending above that 10 day moving average line. And then again, start of the year happens uh, actually a little bit before that. And these started, you know, now trending back below the 10 day moving average line. Is that a. Is that a concern of yours that, hey, we're going back to this narrow market that we saw in 2023? I'm looking at the moving average, but specifically, I'm looking at how IWM is going to react, mm -hmm. right? That's going to be my indicator uh, as far as the breadth of the market. Um, it is finding support at the 50-day right now. I am gauging that I need that. Uh, let me rephrase it. We need the IWM, the Russell 2000, the small cap, mid caps to really take uh, uh, get involved in this, uh, uh, this uptrend. Uh, in order for this, this this market to be sustained, right? I love the fact that we have the big caps leading the charge. These are the big names, right? The smart money's coming in, the institution's coming in. But at the same time, you have IWM, where I, I think a lot of it could also be getting hit because of the way the banks have been performing the last, the, the earnings mm -hmm. we're getting with banks as well. Right. And that, that caveat as well, I'm going to throw this out there. How many interest rates are we going to cut, are we going to have? We don't like fighting the Fed. The Fed's going to control the market at the moment um so it, it just depends on a lot of different factors here but until proven otherwise we're getting that nice little pullback on the iwm even the the the, the and I, again i'm looking at the russell 2000 as my gauge mm -hmm. to really because i like keeping it simple i want to see exactly where it's at and, and see how it reacts but the, for the breadth of the market to really show strength for this market to really show a lot of legs for us to have that really strong you know, multi to see these like 10 baggers come in, you're going to need them to, to, to play ball as well. So as long as the Russell holds and the IWM holds the 50 day, we're okay. But if it starts to break it, you, you, are you going to change your tune a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. The facts change. And that's one of the things that happens when the facts start changing. Uh, I'm only interpreting what's taking place every day, every day. You know, one of the greatest lines I've ever heard Bill said is like every day I wake up, I don't know what the market's going to do. And, uh, that that that's what's taking place right now. I'm seeing that type of action had a great, great run up. It's pulling back. We'll see how it reacts. But uh, again, I need it for it. I need the the, the Russell 2000 to really uh, jump into that and, and start taking place. And you can see that in the last two weeks has been a little funny uh, as far as the way the price action uh, or then have been acting for the IWM.
And I guess the other alternative, if uh, if it is one of those, again, like what we saw in 2023, where, where the Russell really wasn't participating for most of it, uh, and it was regulated to that magnificent seven, uh, you know, then that just kind of tells you where to put your money. Um, and it tells you it tells you a lot about the Fed. Uh, the yeah. last year, the Fed just we I called the what we saw last 2023 was like a black swan event. I mean, 11 or 12 increases. And they kept coming and coming and coming. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, I mean, who projected that? Everyone kept saying, it's not going to happen. It's not going to, we're not. Remember when it was transitory? Inflation was transitory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There were so many things out there. And I kept looking at the charts and and there was a lot of fear out there. But the IWM hasn't done anything for a while. I think it's its turn. But I believe in order for this market, and, and I believe this market, as long as the Fed acts right and maybe you know, we do get those cuts. We'll be very, very successful. You're going to see a lot of these small mid caps start taking off. We will be talking about uh, a lot of these small mid cap stocks in the next six months, three months to six months. You know, as for the daily, just, you know, if we go back to the daily on either the NASDAQ or the S&P 500, um, talk to us a little bit about distribution. Um, you know, distribution day is something that we kind of track. And, you know, that's where you have a day that is down more than 0.2%. Volume increases from the previous day. Uh, NASDAQ has kind of skirted. I mean, it's gotten close a number of times where it's maybe been down enough, but maybe the volume wasn't heavy or maybe it was not down quite, you know, quite as much as it needed to be, but volume was really heavy. Uh, the S and P 500, uh, the distribution starting to pile up a little bit there. Uh, I think we have five distribution days as of yesterday. Um, I don't know that the volume is going to get there today, but I mean, if it did, this would be a distribution day here. So what's what's kind of your take on this uh, distribution count that's that's been increasing lately? Historically, I mean, we're, we're dealing with the month of January. Month of January is always confusing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's one of those months where you're getting that rebalance. A lot of, you know, uh, you're getting a lot of portfolio managers looking to buy stocks that they, they saw happening. Now they're getting it in the first couple of weeks in January. Uh, and one of the things I learned, uh, you know, working with our market huddles, Arusha, where we're known for back in the day. Well, I can maybe explain the market. Yeah, explain that. The market huddles is something that Arusha and I were privileged to back, uh, I would say, five to seven years working closely with Scott O'Neill, Bill O'Neill's son. And he would have these market huddles and he would explain to us the ins and out of how long it takes for a portfolio manager to initiate a full position on stocks. It takes a couple of months, two to three months on average. So I'm always having that in the back of my mind when they start initiating because they want to get the best price. Another thing is they're going to be looking at the moving average lines as well. Um, but the market huddles really allowed Arusha and I to get a better grasp of Bill's uh, uh, approach, his philosophy in looking at, at charts, because who else to share this with us than his, own, his son? Right. And, and Scott did a phenomenal job doing that. He, he and he really, was running money at the time. And he was running money. He was one of He was running money at the time. And then when the market was good, you would hear the door slam and just kind of like showtime kind of thing. And, you know, you just always knew. But he would come out and, and pull us together, group us together for an hour and start explaining the market. We were uh, we had the we had the opportunity, the privilege to go through the Great Recession and how bad the market could get. With Scott O'Neill as like our uh, like a mentor, like a teacher, like a guy, like wisdom, right kind of thing, and he would get literally gather us around a a, a, a a computer screen and like, look at Apple, look at this, look how bad it can get. This is why you cut your losses. This is why we sell off the fifty day. This is how bad it can get. And we saw that in live. And me, you know, this was twelve. What was that? Sixteen years ago, kind of thing. I was kind of like, 
huh? <laughs> right? You, you just have this reaction, like, I'm, like, running back to my dad's, like, so, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and Arusha was with us. Scott Sinclair now was with us as well. Uh, it, it was it was an amazing time. The, the knowledge that we learned uh, was phenomenal. And, and the way everyone and I would talk to a lot of our clients, and, and I say this because I probably talked to maybe fifteen thousand plus individual retail investors. Right, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Right, and they always wanted to hear what was happening behind the curtain at O'Neill. They wanted a peek. They always wanted to get as the market huddles where it was happening. We were learning how to interpret charts we were learning how to manage our risk right we were learning learning how to become a better investor not to just plunge in right we would take our time develop your position and one of the things also i learned is make that stock prove to you that it deserves more of your hard work money Right. And uh, yeah, it, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, one of the things that I think Arush and I and Scott talk about sometimes those great times because, you know, he, he Scott O'Neill really took that knowledge that he gained from his father and, and he shared it with us. He didn't have to do that, but right. he would share any chance he had, any chance he got. If there was a learning lesson, he would uh, uh, he would pull us together, look at the market. This is what we do. And it was just kind of like, wow. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Arnie, well, I mean, uh, if you hear Arnie, because Arnie's on IB Live every week, you know, a lot of those phrases, and he, yeah. I mean, I, I know he's aware <laughs> of it, but a lot of those phrases that he says and I used to always say on videos, they came from Scott O'Neill just telling us every day, over and over, take a look at the weekly charts, weeklies first, all these kind of things. Um, uh, he it was really from Scott O'Neill, and he, he took all that time to share with us. It wasn't just once; it was every day. Uh, it, it was pretty amazing for, for over an hour, right? And I have I have this story real quick. I'd be looking at a daily chart. Sometimes I get a little I'm young, gunslinger kind of thing. Yeah. I want to make my money kind of thing, and I have a daily or intraday. Why are you looking at a daily or intraday chart? Weeklies first, <laughs> weeklies first, in front of every weeklies first. Yeah. You know, and, and it just got ingrained in me. So when I'm on IBD Live. I'm sharing with you what I learned in those market tests. I'm sharing with you 20 years of just observing the market. I'm sharing with you all the level twos I've done uh, with Arusha, with, even on stage with Justin, even on stage with Scott Sinclair, on stage with Scott O'Neill. And I've put everything together. Now I'm learning how to formulate my uh, everything in a way that I can pass this knowledge down, right? Because mm-hmm. this is the way we were taught. And everyone's like, oh, if I – and, and the ones, the hardcore daily graphs, Marcus Smith users were like, I wish I could just be there just for like one day and just hear what you guys hear, hear and stuff like that. And just giving you a little sneak peek of the curtain. There was a lot of market huddles. We would talk about the economy, stocks, specific stocks. When it got bad, when there was a learning lesson come in, he'd jump out of the office, pull up XYZ. This is how bad it could get or this is how what you should be doing this type of stock kind of thing. And that's where my knowledge comes from. And there's only one approach I have. It's Bill O'Neill's approach, the Can Slim way, uh, weeklies first, weeklies first, weeklies first. And if you ever get a chance to see me on IBD Live, you're going to hear me say weekly. I need the weekly chart. I cannot make a decision unless I'm looking at the price volume, price and volume action of the weekly chart. And then I get a little bit of comfortable and then I pull into the daily. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into some of these lessons that you learned from the market huddles and kind of the, the beginning of your start here in learning how to read charts when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Apple, sometimes you get the bear. 
Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leveraged and inverse ETFs from Directions. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Pierce, who joins me every week. He's a portfolio manager over at O'Neill Global Advisors. And of course, our special guest this week is Arnie Gutierrez. He's a senior premium products coach, uh, been with us for a long time. And of course, you know, you were talking about how you kind of got that weeklies first, really drummed in your head. But, you know, back, you know, at, at, at the beginning for you, at, at the start. You know, there was a guy that kind of introduced you to the cup with handle. You know, tell tell us about that story. Yeah, you know, it, it's when I first started. Uh, it was probably the first six months. I want to say I'm, I'm taking you back to 2004, 2005. My memory could be a little off, but uh, uh, I was in my cubicle, and someone behind me comes up and he starts looking at the charts, and he he asked me. He goes, uh, "Pull up the." Uh, he liked pulling up the uh, the uh, weekly new high report. Yeah, in, in daily grass. We're going to daily grass before yeah. market Smith, right? Yeah. And I would pull it up. And he goes, "Okay, space bar, space bar, space bar, space bar, space bar." Space bar too. I'm, I'm thinking about my who is this guy? I'm thinking he's a programmer or something, right? He's behind my head. Okay, yeah. He goes, "Stop," and I stop. He goes, "Pull up the weekly chart." And then you see, start looking at the volume. He gets in there. He starts looking at the price. You can just tell he that mind is working, right? And he goes, you see that cup with handle? And I, I look, I'm going to go, cup with handle, where? You know, I'm beginning, I'm learning about a cup with handle. I'm, I'm thinking cup with handle, you know, I don't, a cup with handle. I, I don't see it, but I, I, you see it. I guess it's there, right? And he goes, this, this is a good one. This is a cup. And he walks away. Very casual, jeans, shirt, this and that. And then I asked him, like, who is this guy? Is he a programmer? He goes, no. He goes, that's Bill O'Neill. <laughs> he goes that is the master that is the guru kind of thing and when he described it that way because bill will always be downstairs we were upstairs right with daily graphs and uh i appreciate that but what i got from that whole experience was how he looked at the price bar and the volume bar and how it would react around the base and i'm like i wanted to ask him eventually started reading more i read the book a couple i read the book five times started realizing he was looking for some type of price consolidation and he was looking for price action and volume action to to be on the same uh uh page you know if it's pulling back on low volume if it's moving up on a high above above average volume so of course you find that support uh but it was just a great experience i saw it live i saw greatness and when you're around greatness you just understood wow that's what he was looking for yeah, it, it, and it also brings up another interesting lesson, and I, I think this is something that I learned when I started in-house, because I was a customer for many years, and back then I was a customer in 2004, 2005, but you'll use a screen, you pulled up the weekly new high uh, report, which is in MarketSmith, we brought those over from DailyGraphs years ago, but you're, after that, once you pull up a, when a screen or pull up a report, you're a lot of times you're first looking at the technicals to yes. see if there mm -hmm. is a setup. Now we have panel recognition and, and things like that that make it easier. But that was kind of something interesting where you're going through a lot of charts. And then if you see a setup, if you see a cup with handle, now you start digging in further. What are the ratings? How how what's the story? Things like that. And that and, and you start keep filtering it down that way. But it's really interesting. Uh it enables you to look at a lot of stocks in a short right. amount of time and really focus on the ones that have potential. 
in addition to add to that, he would look at the technicals on the weekly chart and he'll look at the fundamentals. That's the beauty of the chart that he created. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a work of art. It's the fundamentals and on one side and the technicals on the other side. And he went back and forth and it was able to see this was a winning stock. This was something that uh, I wish I remember which stock he was. But I was kind of like, who is this guy kind of thing? <laughs> right, right. I, yeah. I should have shown him a lot more response. I'm like, you know, I, I, in my mind, I thought you don't have a computer. You don't have a. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah. But Arnie, let's I mean, let's go into kind of that. You brought up the weekly chart of Market Smith. Mm-hmm. Maybe just briefly just talk about. Because Bill O'Neill designed that weekly chart, and he designed yeah, it for everyday people like us. Very um, specific. Exactly. So talk, talk, talk a little bit about you know what made that weekly chart so special. Uh, the, 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 I, I, what, over the years, in the beginning, the first – and this takes a couple of years to get used to weekly charts, you guys. It's not going to happen overnight because we're fixed to go with quick money. Everyone thinks the stock market – it is, you know, you buy it here, it's supposed to go up. It doesn't work like that. Good trading is boring, right? And that's the beauty behind uh, the weekly chart. It keeps you away from getting shaken out. Now, what he was able to do was he was able to capture the whole story of a company through those specific data points. And he never changed. Those data points that you see that took years of studying since 1880, he went back and started studying the winning stocks. And he, And if you ask him, uh, and, I, and this question was asked when he would come in and give us speeches with give speeches with our research staff as well, because we're all in the same room. He was like, everything that you need to know to make a decision on the comp on a company is going to be on the weekly chart. And he would always emphasize that. And if he said it, that's law. Right. For me, it was just kind of that's it. Right. And it's so true. It, it, it just kept you uh, informed. It kept you in tune with the, the, the in a very pure the price action of a stock. You did not get shaken out, and shakeouts were becoming more and more common with high-frequency trading, right? We started hearing about these algorithms. Technology started improving, and this was back in like 2008, 2000. Everything started getting faster. Smartphones, Androids, the app. You can make trades very quickly. Algorithms were being created, right? And uh, the the weekly chart kept you in. If you look at and, and I tell this to everyone, especially when I'm coaching, I'm like, if you compare that stock now, now pull up the daily chart, two different worlds. Yeah, you would have left. You would have sold out of that one. You would have you would have not slept. Uh, and this is just another example. You would not have slept with the daily chart. But if you look at the weekly chart, you'd have been perfectly fine. Oh, okay, nice mm-hmm. pullback, lower volume. Okay, uh, as it's going up, volume's picking up. As it's going down. Uh, uh, volumes drying up, which is a great sign. So those are little clues on why, and, and then the reason why is he didn't look at other types of, and he really, really never looked at other indicators, uh, because Scott, and how I know it, Scott would look at price and volume, right? Volume was the emotion of the buying part, and we looked at the weeklies all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, talk a little bit more about this whole idea of the emotional component of investing, because I mean, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with at first is, you know, you're, you're, you're putting your hard earned money, you know, into this, uh, and you're getting tossed to and fro sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it's hard and you've got all this noise out there telling you, oh, this is going on. These people are bullish. This is bearish. Or you've got sometimes a lot of indicators, you know, the MACDs are giving you a bullish signal and the stochastics are giving you a bearish signal and, you know, the, you know, what, what have you. So can you talk a little bit about the emotional First, component? Yeah. The emotion component is something that I, took me years to master. 
I'm a very emotional person. Uh, it, it's funny, Ali call it the uh, uh, the goody giddy kind of thing. When you get all excited, you're making all this money, right? Or you're having a good a week in the market. Um, it, it you have to you. The biggest thing I think what made Bill so great was his discipline. And I hear mm-hmm. stories of how disciplined he was. And Justin, you know that you worked very very closely with him. How disciplined he was. Uh, and Scott would tell me story how disciplined he was. But whether he was up or down, you wouldn't be able to tell. Mm-hmm. couldn't tell right and he was careful to be care he was careful the on the news what was happening in a company uh he would be very careful what type of what the analyst was saying because that could judge your uh, way of thinking um uh, one thing i learned is in the beginning i used to be like what do you think of this stock what do you think of that stock what do you think of that stock and i used to get like different answers and that got into my head right that would have an effect on how i managed my position Right. I didn't have that conviction. So what I realized in order for me to have that conviction, hold on to the stock. And, and if I believed in the company, because if I if, if I bought a stock, I believed in the, uh, in the company. Right. I did my research. I uh, found out the story that it had. Was it changing the way we do things, changing the way we live? But if you didn't have that conviction, you would have been shaken out very easily. Uh, so it, the emotional side was very, very important. It would make or break you. Uh, when it comes to holding a stock, and especially the way we bought our stocks, our system here at IBD, we were very aggressive investors. You know, we were we, we buy high, sell higher, mm-hmm. and a lot of retail investors didn't feel comfortable with that, uh, with, with that approach uh, in investing. So, um, yeah, it, it, the emotion side is something that takes years to master. Uh, you have to trust the, the the data you have to trust the patterns uh and, and in the end you have to answer certain questions about a specific company is it changing the way we do things is it changing the way we live and if you can say yes everything will fall in line but at the same time you also have to be patient patient don't go after stocks let the stocks come to you don't buy overextended stocks there's a white yeah. way right way of time in the market and that was one of the big things about bill when he would do the, uh, the the he would say you can time the market the market can be timed that's why we look at distribution days that's how we look at patterns and we're looking for above average volume when it goes through that resistance level into new highs yeah now Arnie, we we, we all like worked at money shows and traders expos <laughs> over, over the years right working with talking a lot of them. people yeah, yeah. And and one thing, and, and aren't you? I remember you brought this up years ago when we were at one of these events. Um, uh, there are there are a lot of different platforms out there, right? tons of companies out there, nice charting platforms, sophisticated charted platforms. Yeah. But a lot of people would come and once they would see that Market Smith chart, they would with their first reaction like, "Wow, this is so simple. It's so clean. It's so yes. different from all the yes. others." Yes. Yes. Um, I would get excited. Arusha and I would, you know, we'd get on stage. We'd talk about the the uh, market Smith, and uh, for some reason, a lot of investors like making it complicated. Uh, they they like to get in the secondary indicator, which is perfectly fine if it fits your personality, fits your style. But what Bill O'Neill did was he created a very clean and simple chart, easy to follow, above average volume. He uses the 50-day average volume. Is it above average or below the average? Is there uh, some type of base being formed? And for the, which is another way of saying some type of price consolidation. Uh, they're buying it there and they're consolidating. And is it being bought by institutions? Bill was a big believer. Is it being bought by institutions? And where Marcus would take it to that next level, it's like now we're highlighting for you. Uh, with the the uh, IBD mutual uh, index, 
uh, fund index, uh, the quality of ownership as well. There were some real talented individuals out there who were like the Michael Jordans of their peers, the Ted Williams. And, you know, this is what we call smart money. If it's good mm-hmm. enough for them, it's good enough for me kind of thing. And, and it made things a lot easier. And it gave you that conviction. Again, all this data is what we're doing is how simple you can process this information. Investing, if I had to go back after 20 years, investing doesn't have to be complicated. It's scary for the average retail investor. I have conversations with friends. You know, they talk about real estate. They talk about the market. I start hearing about crypto. I don't trade anything I don't understand. I will not buy a stock of a company that I don't understand their model either. Um, but uh, if I had it, just keep it simple, be patient. But the simplicity of our charts is where we were. Uh, a lot of the, the attendees of the money show were drawn to. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and it's keeping it simple. What Bill O'Neill, what made Bill O'Neill so great is how he took something very complicated and he wrote about it in his book, How to Make Money in Stock, and he shared it with everyone. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe yeah. talk a little bit about the evolution of the product. You've, since you've been there for so long, right? Going from the daily graphs, print to the online to marketsmith talk yeah, a little bit yeah. about that, that evolution that you've seen you, you, you know it's funny i just uh, a couple of days ago got off the phone with someone that's been with us since 1976 printed product internet wasn't around loved the books he would get so excited he felt christmas was every weekend when he'd get the blue and the green book of charts about 2000 2400 charts he'd deliver and he would quickly go through them looking for specific technicals like arusha how you mentioned that before but we took that foundation and they came up with daily graphs online, right? Now, daily graphs online was a charting tool, and we knew there was, we knew there was something there where retail investors were going to uh, start getting into the market, but they needed this type of uh, institu- like a, a professional grade for uh, a professional product, right? But for mm-hmm. retail investors, that's what I'm trying to say. And that was daily graphs. We fit that little niche there, right? They understood what what charting was about. They understood that. Market was supply and demand. They understood that price action. There was consolidation there. That's how they they were going. So Arusha and I, myself, Scott Sinclair, Scott O'Neill, a couple other individuals no longer with us uh, over the years. This was back in uh, I want to say maybe 2010. Yeah, got wow. together. We took everything that we've learned from daily graphs to print. We took everything we learned from daily graphs online, and we came up with MarketSmith, right? And we, our clients would send in emails. This is what I'm looking for. But guess what never changed? The weekly chart, right? We had the most amount of subscribers. We had, we understood that because routine was the most powerful thing you can have in the stock market. You know, there's a comfort zone. There's, there's clients that tell me, I only look at specific data points. I'm comfortable just mm-hmm. looking at, I like how they look. And that's where we came at. And the evolution was, yeah, we made little enhancements, uh, over the years to make it easier. But the foundation comes from the book of how to make money in stocks. And it, it, it's a reincarnation in MarketSmith. And this system has been proven to work for the last 60 years, 70 years. Uh, but yeah, it went from the printed product to daily graph selling to MarketSmith. And Rusha and I would sit and Scott Sinclair would sit in the conference and like, what do you think of this? Remember, Rusha, those days yeah. we had? Yeah. Uh, should we make it easier? Should we revamp the custom screen wizard? Uh, but the whole point was keeping it simple. And one of the things that we were taught was in any type of product you have, it's always product first. When you're developing market, when you start developing a marketsmith team, product first, product first, product first, and everything else will come come together. 
Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so funny that you mentioned, you know, all of these concepts, because, you know, the reality is there are a lot of ways to make it complicated. But, you know, part of what made Bill so great in terms of his discipline was that he had the routine too, you know, and again, that kind of keeps the emotions out of it. You don't, you know, say, oh, well, the, the market doesn't look good. So I'm not going to do my, I'm not going to do my screening today because the market, you know, stinks. You, you still go through your routine. And that way, when there's a turn happening, you're going to find those stocks like that are starting to turn. And so there's a lot to be said for being able to, to build that routine. And again, having a way to do that with, you know, everything you need in one place. And, you know, that, that did translate from the printed product because, you know, Bill, I mean, he was flipping, he was flipping pages, you know, yeah. and then, you know, instead yeah. of, instead of uh, flagging something like you do now on MarketSmith, he was ripping the page out. <laughs> and that was, that was his way of flagging it. And he'd have yeah. the, uh, the, 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 the stack of, okay, these are the ones that I've you know marked up and, you know, the ones that look interesting, the cup with handles and, and everything like that. So um, to kind of wrap a bow on this one, Arnie, um, if, if you could just, you know, boil down all these, you know, at, at this point, decades of experience that you've got, um, you know, besides weekly first, because we know that. I love saying that. I love saying that. I love it. So any uh, anything else you want to kind of close on here? Yeah, it, it, it's this. The routine, the way we 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 came up with Marta Smith, with the back in the, in the end, uh, from a big picture perspective, two things are going to happen. We understood first the importance of a research routine. OK, yeah. we've had subscribers for years, 10, 20, 30 years. We did not want to lose them. Right. And there was two things that we wanted to make sure we guaranteed. And I never use the word guarantee whenever I talk about the stock market is it's going to save you time with the screening yeah. that we added. Mm -hmm. Right. Save you time. And it's going to help you make higher probability decisions on mm -hmm. stocks. Not to say we don't have a, a crystal ball. It's going to help you make better decisions. And those are two things that Marcus does. How do I know that? When I used to travel around the country with Arusha, you, Justin, Scott Sakara, Scott O'Neill, I would have people come up to me. And this made me feel good. And thank us. Remember, Arusha, thank you for yeah. creating such a great – thank you. you. This was amazing. This changed my life. And it came from whether you were a lawyer, a doctor, a waiter. It, it came from everyone. And I would see their face, and it would be genuine. And it, it had a, such a good feel. I'm like, Wow. Like I'm actually changing lives here, right? The way we did it, because we have that impact, especially we're dealing with people's hard earned money. And that's yeah. the beauty behind it. Yeah. Does remind me of some of those, uh, some of those trips we took, uh, never forget those trips to Smoky Bones, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's something we can say for another, that? that's uh, for another day. So, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the stocks that maybe, uh, are on Arnie's radar, not just because of what they are today, but also some of those stocks that were really what kind of set him apart at the very beginning of his career. So stay tuned. We'll be right back for that. Trading Tesla. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to Investing with IBD. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Paris, who is a portfolio manager at O'Neill Global Advisors. He joins me every week and also back from the past uh, of Arusha's past, you know, back when he was in the Market Smith area every day. It's Arnie Gutierrez, who is a senior premium product coach. Uh, man, and 
back in 2016, 2015, I think we spent uh, quite a bit of time up upstairs together. Um, you know, I, I was there briefly outside of Scott's office. Yeah, uh, we were we were getting in trouble sometimes, being, uh, being too time. loud when yeah, all the time. Um, but let's let's get into some stocks here. And yeah, uh, where, where do you want to start here? Uh, let's uh, go Arnie? with. Uh, I'm going to bring it back, and I'm going to share with you my first love, my first stock, my first buy. How I fell in love with Can Slim, kind of, mm -hmm. uh, and it was Monster, but before that it was called Hanson. Hanson's uh, natural, natural right. corp, right? Before they came up with one of the most unnatural beverages ever. Right? Bought it, in <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with this. I bought it in September of 2005, off a okay. double bottle, okay. And there was a two for one split there, um, and uh, it, it was one of these stocks that I, I bought it. You know, remember, I'm very young out of college. I, I went to UCSB and econ, and I'm trying to put everything together. I think I know the market. I know the economy, but I kept it real simple. And I kept realizing I love these drinks. And I'm talking about I would buy like 15, 20 at a time. And they were expensive. Oh, my God. I traded they were 15, 20 at a time. They were expensive. Trader Joe's uh, uh, was around, and um I would love this drink. And, and and one of the things I kept hearing over and over again, and, and Peter Lynch would talk about in his book, One Up on Wall Street, you know, trade what you know kind of thing, right? And I decided to go with that. And I used the can slim approach. The fundamentals look good. The technicals look good. And I'm going to buy it at an all-time high. I want to buy it low, but I want to make sure it's true. This was my first stock. Uh, it was one of those things where you, you uh, uh, when I bought it, I was really proud of it because it kept going and it kept hugging that 10 week line uh, mm -hmm. and it gave me no reason to sell. Uh, and it was actually my first uh, triple digit gain. Yeah. Uh, so so, so let's, let's take a look at the, the chart here. Uh, if we could, if we could put that up, um, you know, certainly one of the things that, you know, kind of sticks out again, as you said, this just really held the 10 week moving average line. And I, I just want to be clear, the drinks that you were buying, were they the, the Hanson's natural or a lot of this move was from monster, you know, right. when they came out with that beverage, were you, were you buying 20 no, monsters? The, uh, 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 Arnie, you don't need 20 monsters. No, 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 no. I'm just so scary. If I was buying 20, I'd still be single. <laughs> uh, uh, no one could have in a room, right? You, 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 uh, yeah, you know, like I, I, um, so, 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 okay. So we're, we're showing so where you got it. It, it, right it was Hanson. It was Hanson. I thought I was sophisticated now, you know, yeah. Hanson was one of those drinks. And, and remember it's Hanson natural because. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I love it. had different flavors. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I said, when I, when I bought it, uh, as you're pointing to that there, I saw that volume pickup. It was that classic volume pickup and i'm looking for above average volume right mm -hmm. that's something that we harp on when you have a stock that's going through that consolidation breaks through that 50 uh day moving uh breaks through that resistance to new highs on above average volume game on right mm -hmm. that's what happened and i held and it it, it followed personality and then at, around this time i started reading and i started uh, attending level ones there were uh, uh a lot of our they would encourage at o'neill you to attend the level ones, level twos, uh, when you were, uh, uh, when you were there working and I start hearing about the personality of a stock, make sure it's following the moving average lines. If you're going to initiate, add to your position, add to a very high probability place where like a 10 week moving average line on low volume. And uh, I, that was kind of like how 
uh, I fell into like a a a, a zone. You know, you know how in, in the movie, um, I won't go into that, but it, you fell into that zone, and I was doing everything right. Just kept following. I'd wake up every morning. How's it trading? And I would look at weekly charts. I wouldn't look at the daily charts. Just pay attention to the weekly charts, weekly charts, weekly charts, and it just kept going. And it just found support and it took me all the way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? An interesting thing here. Uh, I, I'm just kind of curious as to when when you got out of this because I remember uh, there was a, a while back where uh, Jonathan Howard, who you know, we were putting together presentations, and he's like, "Why do we even talk about the climax top? Climax tops don't happen, you know, anymore." And if you look at May 10th, 2006, it was a birthday present for me. Uh, you know, Hanson's Natural went through a climax top right there, and it was like, you know picture perfect where do you remember where you were getting out yeah it's when it broke the 50 day for three weeks straight on the 10 week and then had okay. a nice another had a nice run again so i, I left mm-hmm. some on the table oh so over here uh, uh, a little, it was a little a little i got scared out i was oh, like wait a minute three weeks down and uh i did not follow the eight week rule you see that power flag there right yeah kind of thing. you probably would have thought about it but when i saw three weeks of it coming down and then it took another run up mm-hmm. that was a, a mental note but because of that experience, though, now there's a rule I have in place that when I get that pullback, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious because I I wasn't at the maturity level to say it, give it a little bit more space. I've earned the right to hold on to the stocks a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, which comes which came later, that type of mentality of investing. Uh, and I went back to my post analysis and I saw it and I had a more run up. Did I sell at the top? No. But one of the things I realized now, looking back, you're never going to sell it at the top. Right. I'm just trying to capture for those of you that are becoming retail investors or you guys getting into the this game. This thing you're never going to sell it. You're never going to sell it at the top. You're never going to buy it at the bottom. It is, it is what it is. You just want to at least capture. If you can capture 70, 80 percent of a stock move, you're going to be golden. Okay. You're going to do extremely well in the market. Um, there may be some bad years now. And that's what you're going to have to learn as well. But when you do have a stock, give it a little bit more room. These are like model book stocks that have really nice moves. Mm-hmm. And it's a good reminder that sometimes if you find yourself uh, out of a stock that, you know, you, you get shaken out and it turns around and starts moving again, you can always buy it back. It's, you know, something that a lot of people, you know, struggle with like, oh, but I but I sold it down here. How could I buy it back at a higher price? See, and another mistake I made when it, for a, a rookie mistake was I would just close the position instead of cutting it in half because I had a profit mm-hmm. cushion, right? And yeah. I, I'm like, can it go up any higher? <laughs> like in, in your yeah. mind, when you're first starting out, it can. Stocks can continuously go up higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go, go to current day, then, right? Yeah. Well, let's, let's go to the current day, right? Um, to well, who knows if this is the the new monster but there are some parallels here um celsius, celsius. yeah i'm looking at this here this had this has had a great run we had that two for three for one split uh i have this i have a position in this stock uh, as you can see that here and um uh, it's forming that right side of the uh, the right side of that base there Arusha, and it's telling me there's smart money coming into this uh, uh, the way it's trading it still has a lot of room there is that overhead supply of those that want to break even but the fundamentals look great. The technicals look great. Um, you know, the accumulation distribution range is at a C and the up-down volume ratio, which I'm a big fan of, is at a 0.7. So, you know, it, it's slowly but surely, but stealthily going up. You can see the the, 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 the blue little skyscrapers that are still below average, but still, cons- uh, you know, accumulating on the right side there. Um, yeah, this this is something that because of my, my experience with the Hansen, I'm looking at Celsius as something like that. Very, very similar. Very, you know, the drink. 
that a lot of uh, uh, I'm seeing it more and more in different with Seven Elevens to, you know, to Target, to Ralph's, to Vons, and so forth. Have you tried it? The the drink? Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, it's funny. Is I take a drink and I lose one pound. So it's just amazing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's just yeah, that it easy. Does. Exactly. It's a calorie burning. I'm down a pound. I'm yeah. fasting. I, I tell my wife I'm fasting. She's like, "What'd you do?" I took a Celsius. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and you know, it's interesting that you bring up the parallels. Uh, I, I remember, you know, gosh, this might have been ten years ago when Scott O'Neill did a presentation, uh, and he would kind of break down an industry group. And one of the industry groups he did was uh, the beverage industry, right? And, you know, so we yeah. talked about Coca Cola and you know, and Hanson Natural, and you know, a number of these. Uh, what was I can't remember the root beer stock, but. You know, the, those similarities. And one of the things that, you know, was really interesting about Celsius was when they got that distribution part, you know, in in play and, and you, you you started seeing it, you know, like it was one one of those things where, OK, you'd see it every now and then. And then it was like, boom, now you're seeing it everywhere at the gym, at the grocery store, its own little section, you know, and everything. So uh, amazing how some of those things just, you know, repeat themselves over and over. And what's great is when I, I'm at a, I go to the gym and I'm looking at the vending machines, they're like almost all out. And when you start oh, seeing little signs wow. like that and they're paying premium for that, it's yeah. just like, wait a minute, there's, there's something here, you know, as far as getting ready to get their workout in. So it's, it's always nice. Uh, but going back to uh, my investment approach and what Bill has taught us as, as investors, you're going to do really well looking at retail and tech. You know, those, those are the ways to go. Mm -hmm. So speaking of tech, let's talk about the big daddy. NVIDIA. Uh, okay. So. I, 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 I'm bringing up NVIDIA because this is something when I travel, the, when I used to travel the country five, six years ago, we'd go all over the country. So Rusha with Justin speak at the money shows. I get on stage and I would use NVIDIA. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I would use NVIDIA, this was 10 years ago, 10 years ago. We're still talking about NVIDIA. That's how powerful uh, and strong and the trend is for this stock. Right. And it came out in the grow 250. It was at $36. I didn't understand what NVIDIA's concept was, the whole business model. But I knew this. It's when at first, when you started hearing about artificial intelligence, AI 10 years ago, and you started hearing about this, all they do. They, we did a whole study on the CEO. That's all they do. The chip, artificial intelligence. The chip, artificial, and it took 10 years for it to get to where it's at now. Now, I bought that stock at 36 when it broke out of the Grow 250 market with premium report, the Grow 250. And I think I sold it like at 88. I'm thinking, okay, it's 88. Things at $500. <laughs> no, double. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's like it, you start seeing this is the power of stocks when you find something that are changing the way we do things, changing the way we live. This is the type of action you want to see, right? The same way Netflix took out Blockbuster. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's an evolution to this and we would get on stage and talk about it. But what I'm trying to get at is this. When you have a stock and you think it cannot go up higher, it can. OK, it can. You have to be patient. And that's one of the things I've been struggling with uh, the last couple of years. For some reason, it came back. Then patience came back again. So this year for my resolution, my trading rules is being patient, giving it room. Mm -hmm and letting it evolve. And if it does something wrong and not get greedy either and learn how to manage my risk as well, right? Because that old adage, pigs get slaughtered, right? Uh, but I did sell early and uh, 
Uh, I, I wish uh, I had more foresight, more conviction in this stock. Well, well Arnie, in, in, fa in fairness to you, I mean, we did go through a bear market then too, right? So yeah, mm -hmm. you don't always have to be in it. Like, we have we, we, we did, I, and absolutely, I covered, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm covering this and that, but there it goes again, has yeah. more legs. It's not done. Right, right? Mm -hmm. and it, there's, a, and you can see it once it takes the 200 day. As we get that pullback, it's, it's good. It, 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 once it takes that found support around that 200 day onto the, on, uh, it's it's gone. It, it, it's one of those stocks. I do have a big position in this stock. This is in my 401k long term. And um, and another thing is for new investors, retail investors, know your time frame. Right, know yeah. exactly where you're at with everything because, uh, the the big money money is made sitting. And you don't want to get shaken out and, and manage your risk. And, and absolutely. I and, and I have a position in it, too. So, uh, yeah, and as, as do I. And, and just real quick to, to kind of understand where this first got on your radar. Are you talking about when it was coming out at 36 back in like 2016, like March 2016? Was that the area or are you talking about 36 um, back in 2019? No. No, uh, because remember, this had a four for one split. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This was back in 2000. Was it? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, 2016. I, it came out of a cup with handle. Yeah. Um, this was actually yeah, one of the first things we put on Swing Trader. At, you know, yeah. I, I think we put it on Swing yeah, Trader. Yeah, it, it, it was back then because we were yeah. all talking. Here's the thing. Here was the beauty behind it. And Arisha, I'm going to take you back when how, the area that we worked in, it was kind of like a hallway. It was like a startup hallway. And we would all conversate. And there was so much knowledge. And we would look at this. We would look at this stock. And we, we talked about NVIDIA. This is a game changer right here. And we saw it. And there it goes. It, it, it was it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And, yeah. and a lot of it was actually before, you know, people were talking that much about, a, you know, AI. It was, like it was really kind of the gaming. Yeah, that it was. Yeah. It was the graphic was the processing chip. unit. Yeah, exactly. Most, most powerful chip. You know, when uh, you when you when you look at gaming, I mean, when you compare it to like, you know, the pixelated stuff or, you know, back back in the day with Pong, you know, like, you know, the movement, <laughs> you know, how realistic the movement looks. Um, you know, the calculations that are required to make that movement smooth, you know, the vector calculations and everything like that. It's it's incredible how much calculating power you need, how many calculations per second uh, and all that. And that's what that's what NVIDIA was doing back then. And it just so happened that, hey, guess what? When you do AI, you need a lot of calculations per second, too. So it kind of got I, I, I personally, I thought this was done in 2018, you know, when it when it went through that, you know, 2018 thing. Um, I, I thought it was done, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No. you know, it, it came back and I mean, certainly in 2022, um, you know, that was a, a pretty brutal pullback, uh, you know, what was it? 70, 70 something percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it came back. So, um, well, Hey Arnie, it was, it was great having you on, man. Uh, Absolutely. of course, you know, for folks that are digging what Arnie's saying, um, if you haven't tried IBD live, you know, he's a regular on there. Arusha, you know, comes on what you're, you're once a month now, right? Arusha on what uh, on IBD live. No, or no, not that often. I used yeah. to be, but yeah. used to be once a month, but that. yeah, he, he's, he's had a scale back, but, uh, certainly, you know, Arnie shares a lot of stories as, as he's on, um, every week. So that's certainly something you can join us for. That's at investors.com slash IBD live. If you ever want to tr try a trial there. Um, but Hey, thanks a lot for uh, joining us, Arnie. It was really great having you on, man. Thank you for having me. Had a great time. Always. You know, we go back, so it, it was just it was just a little big big party right here we had going on. Yeah, right now. yeah. Next time we'll tell tell some more stories of your your first uh, your first time on stage. But 
because that was fun. That, that was um, a great one. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, that's that's going to wrap it up for us this uh, this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, hey, next week uh, we're going to have uh, Stephen Mulholland. He's the chief investment officer at Mulholland and Cooperstock Asset Management. So we're going to check in with him, get some of his thoughts on the market, and we hope you join us for that. Thanks a lot for watching this week. We'll see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.